You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of not just the Locked On Padres podcast, but also the Locked On Phillies podcast. The person speaking right now is Mr. Javier Reyes. That's right. Your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most. You can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, if you want a bunch of memes and tweets about the Padres and stuff. And then, of course, my co-host of the day, host of Locked On Phillies, Mr. Connor Thomas at Connor Thomas 975 on Twitter. Sir, how are you doing on the, well, what will be the day after the first game between the Padres and the Phillies? Javi, I'm doing great, man. Hopefully doing a lot better after tonight's game because we could use one. Three losses in a row following a hot stretch. But, man, the Phillies, we were talking about before we hopped on here to record, they're they're always interesting regardless of whether or not they're winning. (laughs) I mean, they just played, what is it, like a five-game set against Washington. And look, it, it is true, though, like what you mentioned. And they won, by the way, uh, uh, four out of the five against Washington. And they lost, yeah. uh, what's it go? like you said, three in a row. And then they lost to Texas. The It is impossible for Philadelphia sports to ever be normal. And I'm not talking about like, oh, they're miserable or whatever. I mean, the, the Eagles didn't win a Super Bowl. Sixers have been competitive. It's more like... It's you can't be in Orlando Magic, right? They right. They, they refuse Indiana Pacers. A uh, what's a, what's a good MLB analogy? A, uh, I'm trying to think. Like they're Minnesota never normal. Twins or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're never normal. There's always time. I mean, I know that you've probably talked about it a lot on your show, but you know the firing of Joe Girardi, which I think was something that a lot of people were talking about. It had gained momentum. It wasn't necessarily surprising. And then they went like seven in a row. Right earlier this season, they had that the the comeback loss against the Mets that was really devastating in the ninth, and then they play really well, and then Gene Segura is hurt, and it's just been there's all sorts of is the number one to kind of bullet it down because there really are like a crap ton of storylines. What is the number one thing that you talk to people about when it comes to the Phillies? Man, it literally changes day in and day out because this team, so much interesting stuff happens. Like they get on a hot stretch and all of a sudden Bryce Harper has this like infected blister and he misses three games and they go on a three game skid. Like this stuff comes out of nowhere. I guess the hottest thing right now is J.T. Romuto and Nick Castellanos are two of the highest paid players on this roster. They're hugely mm-hmm. underperforming. Uh, Romuto, he has the 30th highest slugging percentage of any catcher in major league baseball which puts them at the bottom Jeez. of the starters that's not great for a guy who was considered arguably the best offensive catcher in baseball as recently mm-hmm. as early last year uh and nick castellanos an nl starter in right field last year uh for the all-star team just nothing at the plate so far this year and we know he's already a net negative out in the field Those two guys not being able to get stuff going is really leaving a giant gap in the middle of this lineup. And when they lose games, it's either the bullpen or it's those two guys not coming through in big spots. So those are the Mm -hmm. big uh, storylines right now with the team. But, hey, (laughs) there'll probably be a new one by the end of this series that we're about to go through. Yeah, 100%, man. And it's it's interesting. Real Muto, while I take the approach of not investing in catcher when it comes to fantasy baseball. I am very anti drafting high on catcher. There was a reason why they gave out that contract. I mean, on top of the offense, I mean, still even last year, 39 slash line, like that's pretty incredible for a catcher 
That's a very key component here. And he'd been solid before then. He even has speed. He has all stuff. He's arguably the only plus defender that Philly has right now. He just hasn't been... He has not been living up to what, I guess, his deal was. And this is supposed to be like an elite type of player. And then, you know, you've got guys like Jonah Heim and, heck, Jose Trevino and, you know, random catchers. My guy, Jorge Alfaro. Yeah, he spent some time <laughs> of the Padres. Philly, our buddy. Yeah. He's, he's been slugging the ball. At least he's got like a 480 slugging percentage at the time of this recording. So the real Muto thing is, is killer, I, I imagine. But at least maybe you can hope that, all right, he's still providing value as a catcher, as a plus defender behind the plate. But then Castellanos, man. Um, heading into the season, I, I genuinely think like guys that I was confident whether or not it was a good deal is a whole nother thing. I mean, you you know that more about your team and, you know, the five years, 100 million and whether it was good for that team. Just in terms of in a vacuum, I would have bet a decent amount that Castellanos would do the same type of offense that we've always seen from him, right, for the past few years. And that, you know, him along with Pete Alonzo and some other guys, I just felt like there was some locks for power. And Castellanos just hasn't really been that, like... I don't know. Is there kind of any signs? Is there any reason for why he's been struggling? Are there not enough tragedies in the world? Maybe is that the, the issue? Is that he doesn't it. have enough. I know he had a, a what a couple of weeks ago, which was just ridiculous on uh, Memorial Day. But uh, tell us about the boy, the meme legend. Yeah. So the most that we've heard from him, of course, if you're familiar with him at all, more of a keep to himself type of guy, fiery mm -hmm. on the field, but doesn't really enjoy media availability. That much is very clear. So we don't hear that much insight from him. But the biggest insight we heard uh, about a week or so ago uh, when he said he really hasn't been comfortable at all this season. That was the word he used mm -hmm. was comfortable. And for a player like him who attacks early, he's an ambush type of hitter, meaning he gets after the first pitch or two that he sees. It really, it's not a good sign when he's not comfortable because he kind of thrives in the environment where he's making pitchers uncomfortable to face him. Now, I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure if that's issues with switching teams. I'm not sure if that's something with the shortened spring training and he's just been reeling since that. But we're at the point in the season where what happened this offseason should have really been mitigated by, yeah, we've got a couple months of baseball under our belt. So I still think he's going to end up being okay when everything's all said and done. He'll clearly be short of his numbers last year because last year he was an all-star caliber player, a guy who commanded the contract that he got. Uh, he's going to be closer to that when everything's all said and done than what he is right now, in my opinion. But the longer it takes for him to get there, the hole the Phillies dug, well, they need to dig themselves out of, and they're going to need him to contribute to do it. He just hasn't so far. So I just think it's the mentality of not being confident in his approach and comfortable in an approach that thrives on kind of the chaos of attacking early pitches. That's what's contributing to it, in my opinion. Hey, I mean, that's 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 well said. And, you know, they need it because this team, which I – old – article I wrote for the site Just Baseball, I called them one of the five teams that I was most that I think are the easiest to root for because forget the Philly part. I just think that the team is so chaotic because they might just have football scores very often. And it's been yeah. very, very entertaining to watch them for one way or another, right? And even even when they're losing, say you want to just see offense, great. You're gonna see Elvis Andrews or some some guy who isn't very good might, you know, have a big game. And then on the other hand, you got Bryce Harper, you got Segura, you got Reese Hoskins, who I want to talk about in a little bit later on. But yeah, I mean, this team was constructed to hit. That is going to be their thing, hopefully with some solid starting pitching to maybe mitigate the defense a tiny bit. But that was their thing. They're gonna hit the crap out of the ball. 
And they're like, screw it. We don't care about uh, defense. Almost like the Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago in football. They're right. like, screw it. If we put up 45 on you, we don't care what our defense is. So I am wondering, what do you think is kind of, is there any move to be made here? Is there any kind of like rumbling before we, you know, kind of transitions into the second half of the show? Like any kind of area specifically, is there a move to make? Because I know that it's a, it's a tricky roster to navigate with Philly. Yeah, there won't be a move this much prior to the uh, to the trade deadline. It's going to be one of those deadlines the week of, like when every team is trying to buy, sell, do all that type of stuff. Because frankly, this Phillies roster isn't that bad. Like they're competitive. You saw the stretch they went on where they won like 14 of 16 games or maybe mm-hmm. even 15 yeah. or 17 when everything was all said and done. They can compete. It's just the consistency is an issue. So the move that's going to be coming is I'd imagine you're going to take a package of prospects uh, probably uh, double A or high A guys that you can just project out a little bit as potential major leaguers in the future and move those for some bullpen arms on expiring contracts. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure who that's going to be, if that's like a Carl Edwards out of Washington uh, or what you could do with that. But go ahead and get somebody that you can, because right now the Phillies bullpen, you have about three, maybe four guys you're confident in at all in any high leverage situation. Mm-hmm. In order to compete down the stretch, you're going to need more than that. So I think that's the biggest move coming. But I don't see a change in center field, even though they need help there because you don't have the prospects or uh, the tradable contracts necessary to go get someone that will help you now. And all the other spots, frankly, you got to live with what you've got because you've either got significant money committed or the people in those spots are performing enough right now. Well said. Well said, sir. Well said. Thank you. And I also – one guy we uh we haven't talked about one a, pr- a prospect and then another guy before we get into the Padres stuff I've been asking a lot of Phillies and whatnot and I'm gonna want to yeah. ask you about Brayson Stott and Reese Hoskins and you know I, I have some I have some questions about those two but before we get into that everybody mm-hmm. let me just tell you you know we're celebrating Padres Phillies right we're celebrating offensive explosions and and somewhat mediocre bullpens both of us can relate to that for sure but yeah, at BlueNile.com my friend. You can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of their dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. I don't know about you, Connor, but that sounds sounds pretty important, I think. Sounds great. Absolutely. Sounds great. <laughs> there are two parts to this business, guys. Wedding jewelry, which are like engagement rings and bands and everyday fine jewelry like diamond, cocktail rings, gemstone necklaces, whatever. Both ideas, both areas, I should say, are very important and whatnot. And Blue Nile has you covered, ladies and gentlemen. They really do. They have you covered with stuff. And because you're listening to this podcast, guess what? They have a deal for you. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners, you get $50 off $500 purchases or more. This podcast exclusive includes, includes all the items that they have. You can get all the all the engagement rings, whatever I mentioned before. I'm not a big jewelry person, just full disclosure. Not yet, I, I imagine, maybe. But <laughs> bottom either. line is, Nothing. you know, fifty dollars off five hundred. That's pretty good. So go check that out, guys. Use the code Locked On to get that little discount. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Very, very important. Shop stress free and find your forever piece. Go to go to BlueNile.com today. And then before we get into this, guys, let me just tell you, thank you for making Lockdown Padres and Lockdown Phillies your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. I'm not wearing a fun shirt today, but still, you can check out the YouTube and whatnot um, and see the sweet paintings and stuff that 
Connor's got behind him. Pretty yeah, sick got, stuff. I must say. Yeah, oh my some, gosh! Uh, some Mike, Sh- uh, Mike Schmidt, Bobby Clark, Reggie White, <laughs> and uh, Doctor J are up there uh, hanging out. Very nice, man. Talking. Very nice. Yeah, so. I just have a library, the library. Yeah, of how many of those books me. have you actually read? Oh, every single one, obviously. No Hopefully. chance. I'm a man of culture. What do I got next to me? Hands-on English. I don't know why this is here, but there we go. We got all sorts of stuff here. Con- Contiki is what I've been trying to read lately. But anyway, um, let's talk about two more things before you can just let yeah, me know. Yeah, I'll jump in the, on some Padres. But yeah, we got to talk about Padres stuff. But really quickly, I'm wondering, Reese Hoskins, Overrated, underrated, properly rated. He's so confusing to me because also, interesting enough, because I pulled this up over the break, also, you know, a good walk guy. He certainly can walk, but he was like a, you know, Joey Gallo level of walk guy, but without the crazy level of strikeouts, right? Like he had that, you know, 16.5%, 15.7, 13.2, across previous years. And now it's 10.6, 11.2. Well, how do you feel about Reese Hoskins? Tell me about him. And for the record, yes, Padres fans, I would gladly take him over the current first baseman of the Padres, but go on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, here's where Reese Hoskins is kind of the issue. So it doesn't really play in baseball, but Reese Hoskins is a streaky guy. And baseball is a sport mm-hmm. that always values consistency because of the length of the season, because of the statistics. They all basically every statistic in baseball values out to average. You've got your average, you've got your percentages. That, that's what it is. And you want to consistency looks better when you watch a game that plays 162 games over the course of the season. And Reese Hoskins is not consistent. So when you look at him compared to other baseball players where, you know, you know, Bryce Harper is getting you two hits out of five times every single time. He's just going to do that throughout the course of the mm-hmm. season. That's why he's a great hit. Yep. What Reese Hoskins will do is he'll hit like 19 out of 22 times. And then he'll go 0 for 11, 0 for 12, and then he'll do it. He's very streaky. And for some reason, that makes him seem expendable to people. But when he's at his peak, he's better than a lot of first basemen in baseball. He's better Mm -hmm. than a lot of hitters in baseball because he continues to have a good approach at the plate. He walks well. So it all boils out to him probably being properly rated. But from a Phillies fan lens, there's a lot of people who are cool moving on from him because they see the inconsistency rather than seeing what he could be at his peak and understanding that there are first basemen out there that you're going to get consistency from, but their consistency is going to be 240. They're going to be slugging like 340, and they're not really going to get you anything crazy uh, as far as Mm -hmm. production power. Like there are average first basemen out there that could be more consistent, but Reese is a guy with a higher ceiling when he's hot and, it just seems like some people don't value that. And I put that towards just baseball being as long of a game it is. You see much more cold streaks. Uh, so that's Reese Hoskins in a nutshell. He's inconsistent with a very high ceiling. And I like how he fits in this team because the rest of the team on paper should be good uh, good enough to cover his uh, cold stretches. And mm-hmm. when he's hot, they're super talented. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really well put. It kind of reminds me of like Justin Upton from back in the day when he was just a super yeah. – streaky hitter like that guy was ridiculous mark trumbo although hoskins doesn't fall off a cliff in the second half it's more just right. that he goes super super cold um yeah, his isn't yeah, really like because you have a lot of hitters like Schwar- kyle schwarber for example he's cold mm-hmm. at the beginning he hits june and all of a sudden he's on fire like hoskins yeah. it's any given time it's not yeah. very, like he doesn't follow any type of patterns or anything like that but uh but yeah the offense he's always got a chance to break out the defense major issue though i'll still say that that Huge is issue. That's true. Good point. Um, and and I will say one thing that goes in his way: Reese Witherspoon, one of my uh, great fantasy baseball team names. Shout out to Reese Hoskins. Um, 
But, sir, uh, do you have any questions now? Let's talk Padres. And I, I'm ready because I've been peppering you with a ton of questions, yeah. man. So no. go for it. You could talk about Tatis. You could ask about whatever you want. Let me hear it. Okay, well, let's start with uh, the biggest news out of Padres land over the past couple of days. Manny Machado rolling the yeah. ankle. Uh, what all's going on with him? When are you guys expecting him back? Uh, and what is the worry about that going forward? Because I know baseball is a sport where you really think of like turning an ankle. It's more basketball, right? But when you mm-hmm. do sprain that ankle, it becomes more susceptible for injuries in the future. What's the worry level surrounding Machado, who was having an MVP level campaign? It's interesting. Uh, the last report uh, via AJ Casaval of MLB.com was that he was doing leg exercises and played catch on the field and stuff like that. So it's in, and I also bring that up to compound with the fact that they haven't placed him on the IL yet. And again, when he first rolled the ankle, they diagnosed sprained ankle. It didn't test positive or, you know, come up positive as like he broke his ankle, which in fairness, like it really kind of looked like he did. That was a really rough tumble that he took there. Thankfully he walked off and whatnot. So I think that, he probably, you know, maybe he hits the, it's hard to tell what the Padres, anything injuries. Let me be very clear. I never know with them. They're like, yeah, Lamette, uh, yeah, he's a little banged up. He might miss like the series or whatever. And all of a sudden it's like, oh no, he's probably needed Tommy John surgery. It's, it's very hard to trust them, but I do think in the situation of Manny, he's been probably the MVP of the national league, probably debatably, whatever, uh, this year so far. I think they're going to take it slow, but I also think that the good news is that because they've been performing so well and they've had some guys really stepping up for them offensively that they can afford to do that on top of the really good pitching. So I think that they're going to take their time, but the way it's been progressing, the fact that he hasn't been placed on the Manny Machado, which is a very important part of this because he does not miss games. This is not a guy who ever usually heads onto the aisle. He had one year in Baltimore, like his second season when he got hurt. Other than that, this guy always plays so i'd expect him back pretty soon to be honest with you okay any chance that we see him in this four game series with the phillies hmm. that i'm gonna say no i bet they want to wait and maybe get him back for la i think we're gonna have to see though because it wouldn't surprise me if like maybe by sunday maybe maybe they want to give him a few days maybe have him return sunday but i think they want to just make sure that he has the rest of the series uh just to to get right i think okay fair enough uh next question i've got for you your guys' rotation is looking better by the day. Joe Musgrove mm. probably the ace so mm. far this year, eight and zero oh to start mm. out the year. And mm. I'm not a big mm. win loss guy because I know yeah. that doesn't really factor into to pitchers. But when you see a guy who hasn't been awarded a loss yet this year, uh, you gotta imagine you run into one of the best pitchers available. And then we also see Blake Snell, who not what he was when he was a Cy Young caliber guy down in Tampa, but still dangerous arm. You Darvish, who is being a little bit resurgent this year, uh, like. Where's the weak spot in this rotation? Do the Phillies have a guy out of the four that they're going to face where it's like that's the guy you're worried about? Because when I look at series, I always go through and I look at the starting pitching matchup just head to head. And I'm like, okay, well, Ranger Suarez is facing this guy I've never heard of. So maybe that's advantage Phillies. And then we see their ace. Mm -hmm. And I would try and judge potential winnability of games on that. So from the Padres perspective, Who's the guy of the four that we're facing that you're most worried about facing off against the Phillies? Just in terms of, well, generally, let me just say that the guy, first of all, Musgrove, great, whatever. I don't have to talk mm. about him. He's, yes. he's, he's phenomenal. <laughs> I'd say that of the rotation, Manaya can be weird sometimes, although he just starts, so the Phillies won't be facing him. And they no. probably would love to because he can give up some hard contact sometimes. But 
Mackenzie Gore has had a little bit of a rough stretch. Granted, it's not something that I'm analyzing as a going forward thing because he is a rookie and he had a 1.5 ERA. I was like, look, I was super bullish on him entering the year. I didn't understand why prospect people, some prospect people left him off the top 100 entirely. I didn't get that. I didn't care right, about some of his struggles in AAA. I just thought it was weird for him to fall that far. But 1.5, I was expecting some regression, and he did that, right, against his first start against Colorado, walked too many batters, and his issue was control. That's always been the issue with him and why he's fallen a little bit as a prospect over the years. But then he faced Colorado again and gave up a lot of line drives, a lot of big shots, and that was different than just control. I was not like, oh, this guy is just only missing a spot, so is it possible? You know, we live in the age of information and whatnot that this is just what happens. Maybe teams are catching on to a little bit of what he does, especially with his fastball, which is something that he relies on a lot. He tries to locate a top right corner, top left corner, stuff like that. He has good off-speed stuff, but doesn't seem like he's always confident in just going full tilt in that direction, which, in fairness, like I said, he hasn't had to. So Gore is definitely a guy to worry about because I'm not, I want to see, I want to see like what we get from him exactly considering that his last two starts have been so rocky. And then the other guy is Blake Snell, who is basically, Oh my gosh. I mean, how do I put this? He's, I mean, he's been basically a bust for the Padres considering that he was supposed to be a big time acquisition. The Cy Young, he was good as last year in Tampa. He had that world series start and oh my gosh. I don't even know where to start with Blake Snell. <laughs> like it's just been, it's been such a roller coaster. But really quickly, cool, before we get into kind of my the exact things around him and whatnot, uh, let me just talk to you guys. If you're if you're betting, maybe bet on the Phillies if they're going up against uh, Mr. Blake Snell. That that would be just a a recommendation. Unless you know trigger happy Fair Castellanos enough. and some of these guys swing at too many pitches too early and they don't like make uh, Blake Snell work for it. Guys, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including, you know, we got the NHL playoffs, we got baseball futures, you know, you want to make some Cy Young bets, whatever you want, guys. Continued source for all your sporting wagering information, podcasts, news, whatever you want, guys. Go check it out. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Connor, let's continue. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about Blake Snell. My guy. Go for it. My guy, Blake. <laughs> the reason he's been so up and down last year, this was a guy. And I mean, currently right now, he's got a 5.46 ERA. And it's just been, it doesn't feel like it's actually been 5.46 bad. But the, I think the biggest thing about him is that he can't go long in the start. So the ERA gets a little bit inflated, right? That, yeah, maybe he's only giving up two or three runs, but he's only going three or four innings. So he just gets really up there, and it's frustrating to watch him sometimes, just seemingly laboring and looking almost like upset. I'm not going to say upset on the mound, but just gassed. Like, he just looks so exhausted sometimes, <laughs> Blake Snell. And it's, it's a shame because he's a funny, kind of chilled-out guy. When you hear him, he's got a funny personality. But the big thing with him is he's just last year. What gave me optimism heading into this year is that switched up his repertoire. The Padres very famously fired Larry Rothschild, their pitching coach last year, like basically like with a month left of the season, which is a very odd move. You don't really see that very often. And then Snell all of a sudden comes in, changes up his stuff, fastball slider almost exclusively. Right. He was just doing that. 
And he led, he had the big best strikeout rate among starting pitchers for the entire month of August. Like he was, I was like, Oh, all right. Like, yeah, he's going to regress a little bit. I don't think he's going to have the best strikeout rate in baseball, but this is a really positive sign. And then this year, starts off on the wrong foot. He gets injured in spring training. Then he misses the beginning of the season. But then he comes back and, you know, I, I do like to give some leeway with guys that are coming off the IL. But even Mike Clevenger has had a little of a moment, I guess you could say, for the Padres coming off the IL. It's still taking some time. He feels like a guy who's going to be more interesting next year for whatever team has him, just because maybe he's fully recovering and whatnot. But right. with Snell, it's just... <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I wish he would abandon some of the pitches that don't work for him. And I wish he could just stop walking more batters than he's ever walked in any year that he did in Tampa. So just really never know what you're going to get. And it's not even in a fun way, by the way. Mm. Like this isn't a, let's see, like a Robbie Ray, who's one of my favorite pitchers to watch in baseball, where it's like, oh my God, you're either getting an incredible (laughs) strikeout or they're launching three straight home runs off of him. Yeah. Snell, it's just like, oh, my God, there's a foul tip, and there's another foul tip, and then he threw a ball, and then there's a ground out maybe, or a fly out. It's just very, very – not an exciting picture to watch, I'll say that much. Yeah, it sounds like what Aaron Nola kind of was last year, where he was just mm. – he was trying to find the outside of the zone because he didn't trust his stuff all that much for whatever reason, and it ended up with either light contact, walks, and when he was in the zone, he was dead middle and he gets taken the yard. So, listen, we've, we've seen that story here, but at least he's a guy with some pedigree that you hope that there's something he can get back to. Uh, so, yeah, who knows? And, hey, if there's a, a, a team to figure it out against, well, it may not be the Phillies, but right now the offense has been struggling. They got handled by uh, Texas scoring two runs in uh, those games combined, a shutout mm-hmm. against uh, – Well, Martin Perez didn't go the entire game, but he handled them in game one. And then the second game against uh, John Gray didn't look good. So, hey, maybe a chance for a get-right game for Blake Snell as well as the Phillies struggle. One other thing, though, that's uh, imperative for Phillies fans that we're keeping an eye on, this is more of an NL West type of a question, too. One other thing that's interesting, really, there's a couple of dueling divisions, it looks like, in the National League that have their eyes on the three available wildcard spots. Because the NL West is stacked with, of course, the Dodgers, you guys, and the San Francisco Giants all kind of hanging around at the top there. And then you look at the NL East, there's the Mets out in front, but the Braves streaking, the Phillies have the potential to really get hot and get in the mix there. So it seems like those six teams, some combination, obviously, two of them are going to win divisions, but then the other four seem to be the ones fighting it out for those wild card spots. When you look at the NL West, do you see the potential of three teams making the playoffs out of the NL West or are one of the teams, whether it be the Dodgers, your Padres or the Giants, uh, having a chance to fall off before everything's all said and done? I think that the, well, the thing about that question is also it's more about one thing about the Giants. I was not bullish on them, but I thought people were a little bit too negative on them. And there was just something we were missing with the Giants. Now, I don't know if they're going to be what they were last year. Uh, certainly not. It doesn't look like it. But it was just very hard for me to believe that a team that won 107 games was going to fall to 81 games. Right. Like that's a crazy fall off and it doesn't really happen all that often. So I think that the Giants at minimum are a contender wildcard team at minimum, especially if hey, maybe they make a move at the deadline. We'll have to see. But then because I think life is terrible, uh, you got the Cardinals or the Brewers, right? Teams that seemingly don't want to try 
especially in the case of the latter team, the Brewers, my most hated team currently in baseball, um, outside of Boston, of course, always anti-Boston, but uh, my <laughs> okay. most currently hated team because the Brewers are like not really going for it. You're 20th in payroll, and you're like, oh, uh, we'll bring in uh, Andrew McCutcheon, who yeah. peaked six years ago. So, But unfortunately, their division is just so weak that if they – get absolutely bounced by the Padres, which they did um, a few weeks ago, they can rely on being like, oh, don't worry. We have a series against Pittsburgh, Chicago, or Cincinnati coming up, right? And then yeah. with the NL East, Atlanta's been on fire. Um, Unbelievably like, so. It's It's been crazy. And I still like the Phillies, and obviously the Mets I'm all in on. I still like the Phillies. I just think that this team is flipping the bird <laughs> and saying, yeah. screw all of you. We're at least going to be fun. And maybe we win like 90 games, 89, 90 games. I do want to see how what, what you talked about, right? With Castellanos and Real Muto, especially Castellanos, that guy needs to hit. Like that's just what he's he's there for. And I'm curious to see if maybe can they get anything out of Bryson Stott. But with the Padres, and to you know, this is a long-winded way of answering the question, but I could see it. I, I really could. I just don't know. I, I can't get a vibe for what's gonna happen necessarily with how, how much better the Giants will get, right? Like, I think that they're yeah. going to be good, but there's just something missing. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's a move that's going to be made amongst one of these teams. Maybe not necessarily the Phillies in a giant way because of their payroll and all that stuff, and they don't have too many, too many movable guys. The Segura injury hurts, and the Braves are on fire and whatnot, but there's just something we're missing. I don't know what it is, but there's something that we – that is going to happen that's going to shake up this race a little bit. Maybe it's a big trade. Preller, way too quiet lately. Way too yeah. quiet. I, I don't like it. I'm, it's something fishy's <laughs> going on here. Man, he's been way too quiet ever since the beginning of the season. I haven't heard a peek out of that man, so we'll see. I feel like it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a heck of a trade deadline, uh, especially with the new setup with everything with the playoffs. Like It's going mm -hmm. to be a wild race down the stretch with all the teams competitive. Padres, Philly's going to be right in it. The last thing I want to know – what are you expecting out of this series wins and loss wise for the Padres? Like what would be a successful series? Are you looking to just get out of there with a split is three games, the success. And if you split, it would be a failure. Where's your mind at? Cause for me, I'll tell you, if we walk out of there with two games taken on the road and we split two and two, mm. I'm very happy Philadelphia Phillies fan. Yeah. I mean, and it is, like you said, it's on the road. So I, I'm hoping that the Padres can win the series, but I'm also kind of content with a the split. They've got two games against Arizona coming up after this, and then they play the Dodgers again finally. It's been forever since they played the Dodgers. Then they get the the Mariners, so it does get a little bit weirder, but I don't know. I just think that where they've been in the direction they've been going, considering that Manny's hurt and not on the IL, and I'm hopeful that – by the way, let me just clarify. By soon, I mean like next two weeks or so. You know what I mean? Okay. Not like tomorrow. Gotcha. I, sh I should be like soon by baseball terms, but even I, you never know. Things could develop, but I think considering they don't have Manny and considering that they've got, you know, CJ Abrams, who we didn't talk about actually, who got called up again. And, you know, he's been struggling at the plate because, you know, he's like 10 years old. Uh, so that's a big part of that. But yeah. I think a split would be good because I'm still very much high on the fact that Philadelphia is a pretty good team even though they're not a well-rounded team. You know what I'm saying? They're definitely not a well-rounded yeah. team, but I just can see them hitting the crap out of you. Maybe some starters. Hey, maybe even Musgrove is due. This episode will be out uh, after he starts. He's just due for giving up three or four runs, right? Which is crazy. 
by his standards, right. but I, this guy isn't, you know, invincible. It happens at some point, right? And maybe Gore will give you a good start, and then Snell will, you know, shut me up, and then he'll go on Twitch and stream his Call of Duty game and make fun of me. This this jalapeno character who said I was no good, right? Maybe that'll happen, but uh, yeah, I'm expecting a, sp- a split, and I'd be very, very content with it. All right. Well, hey, let's shake on it. Let's just call it two games apiece, and then we'll move on. We'll, we'll play the Braves, and you guys can move on to uh, to Arizona, right? No. Yeah, man. Yeah, we, we just we agree on it. Not like the Raiders and the Chargers from last year where there was like a stare down of like, oh, who's going to do it, right? No, we'll actually oh, hold up this party. No, either what way, a- it'll be an, a very exciting series mm-hmm. uh, between these two out there. I just wish the games were a little bit earlier, so I'm not staying yeah. up till 1 p.m. Eastern time to, to watch the other <laughs> these. But hey, what yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be a little bit rough for sure, uh, as I am on the East Coast. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully this series goes the way you desire. I mean, it's going to go one way or the other, right? Unless yep. we get that split. So it should be a lot of fun. Philly is always one of the teams that I love and just watching and hearing about. One of my best friends is a Philly fan. Uh, and he's just, he calls them the sillies, basically every chance that he gets. Uh, so looking forward to the rest of the series. Guys, uh, really quickly. Uh, go also check out all the Locked On NBA pods by the time you're listening to this. The NBA draft just happened, so go check that out. And, Connor, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, man, I just check out the stuff that we put out on Locked On Phillies. Great content every day. Uh, you can find us at LO underscore Phillies on Twitter. Me at Connor Thomas 975 on Twitter. I'm doing some TV spots, so if you're in the Philadelphia area and you're listening to this, NBC Sports Philadelphia, you can watch me on TV and hear me on the morning show on 97.5 Fanatic. Uh, the John Kincaid show there. So busy guy. I'm going all day, Avi. <laughs> awesome, man. I love to hear that. Got to stay on that grind. And for me, yes, go check me out on Twitter. Like I already linked it. You can check out the links and blah, 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 blah. And go check out just baseball. Great website where we're writing about baseball content and doing TikToks as the young kids do and whatnot. Uh, so go be sure to check that out. And with that all being said, everybody that about does it for today's episode. Stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My Friars Faithful homies and hopefully uh, phenomenal Philly fans. I don't really know what the nickname is for the Philly fans, but hope you guys are doing okay too. See you next time.